One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome. Right now we are doing the year-end edition. This is very special. Bum, bum, 2014 year-end edition of the Must Hear Music podcast. I'm sitting here with Jason Lipschutz. Hey, man. And Erica Ramirez. Hi. Um, my name is Joe Lynch. Uh, but let's let's just kick this off by talking about the one album that has been blowing up Twitter this week. Um, you know, it's the album no one saw coming. Everyone's having to redo their year-end lists. Obviously, we're talking about D'Angelo. Uh, this was an Erica, believe it or not, an Erica pick. Um, but I think all of us are loving this. Yes. So, but let, let's toss it to Erica. Uh, D'Angelo, Black Messiah. I mean, what this is a, a group discussion. Yeah. I feel like we're all on the same page as to how amazing this album is. Um, I mean, he's been, D'Angelo's been out of the game for like 14 years. Yeah. yeah I think 2000 plus. was the last one. And... No one, I mean, we all knew that there was a D'Angelo album coming, but such the case with Dr. Dre and everyone else, we really, it just became some sort of a myth. And all of a sudden there's a listening session and then the album drops the night of a New York uh, listening session. Uh, I don't, I mean, it's such a great album. It's just a, an album where he talks about political issues and love and silk makes you dance like and just kind of jam to it throughout it throughout the entire project um i don't i mean i don't know what i could say other than like it's amazing yeah yeah i uh well i was just gonna say that you know we'll talk about the album and the songs itself but it it was just cool for me because you know D'Angelo is an artist for me that I hold really personally close to me in, in terms of his music, not himself. Like I, I hold, <laughs> I, I've never met D'Angelo, but in terms of his music, his music has influenced me a lot. And, and his two albums are two of my favorite albums, especially Voodoo. Voodoo, I, I would consider one of my favorite albums ever. And, you know, I remember when like the Beyonce album happened last year and everyone listened on Twitter or everyone was on Twitter at the same time. Same kind of with like when Watch the Throne came out. Um, there's there's a couple other examples, but and, and and as much as I enjoyed those, like they didn't have the kind of personal personal connection to me that D'Angelo's album does uh, or D'Angelo's music does. And so like this was just everything for me on Sunday night. Like I was I was so mad because I'm an Eagles fan and the Eagles got destroyed by the Cowboys, and then I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm gonna download this d'angelo album and i was still angry and then i started listening and all my anger just disappeared i was like wow this really exists like this new d'angelo album is here and it's great and i was just i was just you know listening i i listened to the whole thing for the first time um 
in bed like with the lights off so I could just totally listen. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just it was an amazing like hour. And then I've listened to it many times since. Yeah, I have to say I'm I'm a little bit of a latecomer to this album because I did not hear it Sunday at midnight, but oh Monday at one p.m. So, so you don't care about music. Basically, I, I just don't <laughs> care about music. Um, but so I came to this, um, you know, already having woken up to seeing ten million tweets about it, and what I was surprised was, you know, when the Beyonce surprise album dropped. It blew up Twitter, but a lot of people, a lot of what people were just saying is like, OMG, new Beyonce, like, she's changing the game, bow down bitches, stuff like that. Yeah. Everyone, Did you say bow down bitches? I just said bow down bitches. <laughs> I'm, I'll say it again. We gotta, bow we down gotta, We gotta get our editor to loop that, like, <laughs> just, like, as our new must-hear music intro, just Joe going, bow down bitches, bow down bitches, bow down bitches. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. We can have someone lay a beat over that. But anyways, so, but, but this, like, people were really saying, like, like, oh my God, this is one of the best albums I've heard in years. Like, this is maybe the best album of 2014, easily the best R&B album of the year. And, you know, like my natural reaction is just to be like, whoa, like this album just came out. Let's give it some time to sit with it. That was before I heard it. Like even halfway into it, I was like, Jesus, this is like the best thing to right. come out this it's year. Just everything... It's just undeniably like everything is so good about it. And like a, a mutual friend of ours, Erica, I'm going to give a shout out to Mark Sundstrom. Uh, <laughs> he had a tweet that I thought was very true. He was saying that so many of the songs are like five minutes plus on this, but you just kind of don't notice because they're that good. You never realize that the songs are that lengthy because yeah. like, it just sounds great. The man took years to create this album. so And yet it just came out so simple and so beautiful, which is very surprising. But all the songs really flow together. The sequence is amazing and i mean i know that of course we have to thank Questlove also because i feel like he was right or die throughout this creative process with d'angelo so they probably talked through this um also believe um there's another young artist i believe her name's kendall foster yeah. she co-wrote every pretty much every song on the album with d'angelo so it's I like that as far as the writing goes, and um, there's not a lot of people involved. There's no featured guests. It's just pretty much D'Angelo and Foster. And then when it comes to like you know other artists, just Questlove, Q-Tip, kind of like just his home team. And of course, all the instrumentation is just perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just spent the last few hours writing about this album. Uh, in 8, a thousand, post, eight thousand words, also. Eight thousand words. No, it's not that long. It's 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 relatively short for me. But what I wrote about was was that one of the great things about this album is that it took 14 years to make that it's true. And a lot of people were impatient and frustrated, but you listen to this album and you hear the 14 years that it took to make, like you hear the wisdom there. And you just, you just think about D'Angelo's 40 right now. He was 26 when voodoo came out. Like that's crazy. He that was 26. Crazy. And I mean, that was pre nine 11 too. Yeah. Like it's just a totally different exactly. world. Oh yeah. And, and like, you can you can say to yourself like what kind like oh I wonder what like a D'Angelo album in two thousand three would have sounded like if he was actually like like on time with everything and and didn't take fourteen years it wouldn't have sounded like this like he's lived life now he's experienced so much and a lot of these lyrics are about like you know he has that line on Back to the Future Part One where he's like if you're if you ask me how I'm doing like I hope you're not talking about my abdomen like yeah. it's just like he's he's a grown man now like he's 40 and he's seen some shit that's how I, I put it in my piece and like this is this is the sound of someone who has experienced a lot a lot of ups and a lot of downs and has 
come back to tell his story. And that, that's my favorite. I think that like out of everything, that's my favorite part about it is that it's just true to itself. It doesn't try to be like right, a follow up to voodoo. It just exists on its own. And it, with this genius guy leading the way. Do we have favorite songs on this? I'm, I'm going to say I'm going for Back to the Future part one. That might be my favorite. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I'm not even going to say mine because it's the same as Erica's. It's the same. Mine is the same as Jason's. Uh, it's Really Love. I'm obsessed with Really Love. My favorite D'Angelo song of all time is Shit Damn Motherfucker. And yeah. this just <laughs> might beat that song. Now we have to put I'm in I'm sorry. Bleep. Explicit. Explicit episode now because Mother of me. <laughs> the rap writer, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just that song. I mean, of course, the, the guitar on that song kind of leads everything but the words are very sensual i mean as is d'angelo's music um and voice so i mean i think i don't know jace why do you love this song so much yeah it's just it's just so beautiful like a lot of people have have pointed out d'angelo fanboys i really am like yeah i can't i can't be objective when it comes to d'angelo but like it like I can't even imagine not liking this album. Like, if, if everyone was like, oh, D'Angelo's back with a terrible album, I'd just be like, shut up. You guys are wrong. <laughs> like, that's what, that would be me on Twitter. But, yeah, I mean, you we've touched on some of, like, the political statements um, in this record, especially in the first half of this record, but you listen to a song, like, Really Love, and it's like it's it's like a perfect love song. It's just, it, it he can still do this. And it's just very him. It is. And it's like... I mean, listen, I'm getting married in like nine months oh, and goodness. like we have like a, a wedding playlist in the works. And I was like, add, add, really love, <laughs> add that to the wedding playlist. Done and done. And so, yeah. You save that for after the wedding, though. Oh. I feel like, Joe, come yeah. on. <laughs> All right. When we, when we do a karaoke after party. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly what I meant. And I break out the falsetto. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, well, well, let's listen to it. So really love. This is from the new incredible D'Angelo album called Black Messiah. All right, that was, believe it or not, the new D'Angelo, something that, like, as, as we've all touched on, like, a month ago, I don't think anyone was guessing this was yeah. going to happen. Like, this, uh, let's let's not belabor the point, but I believe this has been being teased, like, a thing that oh will happen gosh, for two yeah. years now. Wasn't it? Like, he did a set at Bonnaroo a couple years ago. He did. Yeah, in, well, I was there. And was that was Bonnaroo. when, yeah, the comeback oh was imminent. God. I mean, his show at Brooklyn Bowl, which was, I believe, was, like, two years ago, yeah. um, I, I, you could tell that a lot of, um, I mean, he was also recording at the time. I think Questlove came out and said that, quote unquote, it was almost done. We got all excited. But yeah, it, it's also, the performance was pretty much just a jam session, the entire performance. So now it, it kind of makes sense now that mm-hmm. the album's out. And I, it's 14 years sounds so long, but it doesn't feel like 14 years. Maybe because, I don't yeah. know about you guys, I still play Voodoo and Brown Sugar and yeah. all that. So, yeah. Yeah, it, I, I that I was at the Bonnaroo show. That was like life changing, and yeah, it, it's uh, it's. I remember you were mad. Do you remember being mad at me, Erica? Because because he, you went. No, because no, not because because <laughs> he was scheduled to play at Essence Fest, and you're like, oh yeah, first D'Angelo show, and then he played as a prize at Bonnaroo, and you're like, what? 
What is that? Anyway. Yeah, I thought um, I would have D'Angelo first, and I didn't. <laughs> the, the last thing I want to say is that, man, if you had told me at the beginning of last year that, like, in 2014 – or I'm sorry, at the at the end of last year, in 2014, you're gonna see Outcast live a bunch of times and listen to a new D'Angelo album. I would have been like, all right, done. All right, no matter what else happens that's in music, need. that's fine. All right, I'm good. That's true. Um, well, next up, I wanted to. This is one of my picks. Um, it's a, a pretty different album, but it's Flying Lotus. You're dead. That's with an exclamation point. Um, and I say pretty different. It's similarly mind blowing. But especially in terms of like how this record came together, like supposedly Flying Lotus had basically a double disc album on his hands, decided to hack it into uh, 19 tracks. I think it runs about 40 minutes or something. It and just clips by. It's really and we've we've talked about a couple of the songs from this album on the podcast before. Um, there's a great one with Kendrick Lamar. There's a great one. Uh, with Angel Detter, or I always mispronounce her last name. She was in the Dirty Projectors. <laughs> I'm just going to admit that I mangled it and not bother to look it up right now. Um, but it's just, it's a real, like, knockout of an album. Like, and, and before this, like, I kind of, in the back of my mind, I always knew, like, oh, yeah, Flying Lotus, he's sort of related to John Coltrane. Like, I think he's a great nephew or something like that, but it just never, like, really clicked until listening to this album where you're like, he really just like intuitively understands jazz. Like the first three songs on this are, they actually sound more like Miles Davis, like kind of jazz rock fusion, like Bitches Brew type stuff. Yeah. But it's just a really remarkable album that kind of like starts from a, a jazz rock thing, then moves into kind of like jazz hip hop and then like straight hip hop, R&B. It just touches on everything. And somehow he makes this album that, that really is conceptually about death and dying not a downer like it's a real i don't want to say fun but it's like a blast to listen to um but what do you what do you guys yeah man i mean listen (laughs) i'm not a i'm not a massive flying lotus fan uh i i haven't spent as much time with this album as you have i've listened to it maybe three three times i would say love the kendrick track um i've always been more of a fan of flying lotus live than his records um it's hard because there's just so much to go through in with each of his records, and and that's not like a that's not a negative quality. He he almost overloads them with so much stuff that it's hard to pick out bits and pieces. So you get in the past few albums, you get these little uh, what I always gravitate toward is the vocal takes with like Tom York and mm-hmm. Erica Badu, and now with Kendrick Marr. So um, yeah, man. Hey, I'm glad you I'm it's, glad you love it. I I do love it. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. No, well, I was I was gonna say I think with him and also you know we spoke of subtract also uh, I think what I admire about both of them is they could blend all these genres and just make some sort of masterpiece out of it. And speaking of live performances, I remember seeing Flying Lotus uh, at South by Southwest. I believe he was performing at Mass Appeal's um, show, and again, just everyone kind of just you would expect mostly rap bands attended. You would expect fans rap fans to kind of be like okay what's next we need something more B and like everyone just kind of stared at him and just kind of like was looking at something like happening live that they've never seen before so it's pretty crazy to see all these people kind of mesmerized by flying lotus and i think it's because he could blend all these sounds together right yeah the one thing i was thinking while listening to it is as like i think it's a masterpiece I don't think it's one of those albums where you listen to and you're like, this is the future of music or the future of hip hop. Cause I think it's just so idiosyncratic 
that not many people are going to be able to follow in this footsteps, yeah. but it, it just stands out from the pack. And it, I think years from now, people will still listen to it. Uh, but I really do think it's just almost too much of its own weird thing that most people aren't going to be able to. Like, it's not like he's going to start setting trends at some point. Like, he's no DJ Mustard, as we've <laughs> mentioned. He's no Philip Glass of hip hop, as we've coined him. Um, yeah. But, but nevertheless, it, worth seeking out if you haven't. Yeah, I think it takes talent. I feel to kind of blend jazz and hip hop, although people may think it's not as hard, but I think it's also oh God, harder. It's possible, yeah. It's also harder for rap fans to kind of grab onto that. So mm-hmm. I think it takes a special ear to like create it and also to listen to it, which is also kind of why I like shout out um, Flying Lotus because you could actually do that and grab other people's attention also. Totally. Um, well, let's let's move on to a Jason record now. So yeah. Jason has chosen Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Blues, which uh, is a great record and, you know, really like the first of its kind. What you, I mean, we, we basically we know the backstory, yeah. but you want to kind so, of give yeah, the intro. So, yeah, so Lara Jane Grace, the uh, front woman of Against Me, came out as transgender in 2012. And I remember a lot of people if you read like message boards and stuff like that, really questioned the future of Against Me because Against Me was a very solid rock band. And they came back with this album, Transgender Dysphoria Blues, in January that I guess, I, I, I don't know, I, I can't factor like D'Angelo's album into my albums list yet. I, but as of right now, Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Blues is number one on my list. For the and whole year. For the whole... Really? For the whole year, huh. man. Um. Because I just feel like what they could have done is retreat and what they did instead and what Lara Jane Grace did instead was make this album that's so defiant and so full of personality and so it just gives a voice to people that were previously voiceless. And and the thing is, from a political standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, it's important. But if you listen to this album, it's also their best set of songs ever. And and it's it's a short album. I think it's only 10, 10 songs. Yeah, 10 mm-hmm. songs. Like 28 and minutes. Yeah, it's very short. And the the message that she and the rest of Against Me put in this album are so powerful and so expertly produced that you just get these these rock songs like stuck in your head and they're 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 pissed off, but they're they're full of, you know, they're full of vinegar and they're full of, you know, so much anger and so much fist pumping. Like, I, I, I just get really wrapped up in this world that this album creates. And it, part part of it's really sad. Some of some of it's a really sad al- like album. And but at the same time, just the fact that it exists, that the fact that she is still doing her thing and is still she toured the hell out of this album um it it's hopeful to me it's it's like even the name of it transgender dysphoria blues i mean there's that song true trans soul rebel that's like this anthem and i don't know i i if you i've been singing the praises of this album all year if anyone hasn't listened to it um give it a shot because even if you don't love the band the band's uh previous albums it, it, this is something entirely different just on a quality level it's it's just way up there for me as as a great 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 rock album yeah i have to say i fell into the category of someone someone who had a passing interest in against me like you know a new record would come out and there's probably a 50 50 chance i would listen to yeah. it uh obviously with this one i mean just because of you know this is the first major rock album 
from someone who has come out as transgender, like after they became a rock star. So yeah. like just that on its its own made me want to listen to it. Uh, but what really did stand out is exactly what you're saying, that this is just an incredibly solid rock album. And it's also strange because it's the first, and I, I love punk rock. I'm not that big of a pop punk person or punk pop either way. Uh, but this really feels like the first punk album in a long time that is like legitimately from an outsider perspective, like someone who has something to say that yeah. we haven't heard before. Yeah, and that's the, you you touched on it, outsider perspective. I mean, I'm looking at the track list. I, I always forget about this song, Drinking with the Jocks, because it's it's less than two minutes long, but it's it's just this song about Large and Grace screaming about trying to fit in with the with guys and and the jock guys of the world and you know as as someone who is fronting a, a punk band and touring is want to do and just never feeling comfortable and it's it's just such a short song but it says so much within the subtext of its lyrics i just i'm i i yeah i just love it man and i'm not like you know i'm the pop editor of billboard like i i listen to more pop than than hard rock but this this transcends my taste and i, I think it, it does a lot of good Two other song titles I want to give a shout out to. I pulled it up. Um, just just great punk song titles. Osama Bin Laden as the Crucified Christ. Yep. And Fuck My Life 666. So fuck My Life 666 is a good one. So too. I will stay not listening to this. Uh, all right. <laughs> you know, I would say it's a lot like Sam Smith. Okay. <laughs> kind of a Sam Smith but meets Adele. Meets sort Adele. Of. Me, but like oh, so now you're in on the joke. Joe, featuring Drake. <laughs> featuring Drake. That's what I would say. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Anyways, but let's listen to one of the songs from it. Let's uh, let's toss on "Drinking with the Jocks." Yeah. That was against me drinking with the jocks. Um, now let us let's turn our attention to another Erica pick. It's uh, the new yeah. Nicki Minaj album, which just came out this week. Well, it leaked last week, but just it came did. out officially this week. The Pink Print. That's of course a take on Jay Z's The Blueprint. So this is kind of like, you know, just I'm sure you turn guys, her music high. I'll know high, know this high, more or less, but high. but more or less You're, this is the the instance in her career where Nicki Minaj is like kind of fighting back against uh, the people who are writing her off as a pop rapper, who are saying she she lost her chops, you know, with Starships and stuff like that. This is the album where she's coming back and saying, like, this is my attempted a masterpiece, basically, or at least a legitimizing record. Um, yeah. And, and Erica, what, what do you think I mean, it? this, it's too soon to tell if this will be, like, a classic, which all rap fans are very eager eager to crown when it first an album gets first released but it's definitely uh, Nicki Minaj's best album I feel like we it's not about getting like the pop or the rap of Nicki it's more of knowing Onika like not you and Nicki Minaj but the actual person behind this persona there's no oh you know alter egos there's no anything crazy I feel like you just get all sides to Nicki Minaj and most importantly, she raps and sings, and I feel like since the beginning, when she kind of first came out with her first album, she's been saying that she's wanted to sing, and I don't think anyone wanted to take that seriously, and I think that there's a couple of ballads on this album that kind of hush all those that kind of, you know, didn't let her live pretty much. Um, there's a song called Grand Piano, 
where she pretty much sings the entire time. And then also one of my favorites is The Crying Game, which has Jessie Ware um, featured on there. Is her also singing and rapping. So I think it just shows, I love it just because it shows the many sides of Nicki Minaj. And she kind of shows her and she gets probably the most vulnerable album also to date of hers. She talks about, you know, losing a child. She talks about this proposal that she didn't want. She talks about her family and disappointing them. Just very, very honest. And, you know, as you could tell with interviews with Nikki, she's very hard to read. And I feel like she puts up a wall. And I think that could all be forgiven because of this album. She pretty much just answers everything and tells you everything without, you know, needing anything else. But I'm not sure if you guys have heard it yet. But, yeah, I really do think this is, like, Nikki's best album. I've, I haven't listened to the whole thing. Full disclosure, I've not Neither listened to the full I'm thing. Sorry. I'm the sorry, haters Nikki. get the barbs on you. It just no. came out. No, I really, I'm excited <laughs> to dive into it. Um, but but I have, you know, a few of the songs have been out since about two or three weeks ago. Um, and I do love The Crying Game. I think that came out last week, two weeks ago. I mean, it's, um, I think it was part of the leak. So right. once like the album came out last week, you know, the Beyonce collaboration came right. out. And, that, and I like and the Beyonce Ariana one Grande. too. But the, the Crying Game is really... You're, you're right. Like, it, it's kind of the first time she's, to me, like, gone serious, and it sounds, like, honest and real, and it's just a great song. Like, I, I guess part of me worries, I, I, I don't want to say worries, but, like, her career is at such a strange point where I, I don't know if, like, this album is going to produce any, like, major hits, um, and I don't know if it's exactly, like, going to be the all-time classic that she's hoping for, but from what I've heard of it, like, it's exactly what it should be, which is just like this really solid, honest listen. Um, the Ariana Grande one is great too. I've, I basically listened to the first half of it I'm, as I'm looking through it. Um, it's the Ariana Grande collaboration is awkward for me. Oh man. And I know Jason, we uh, have some thoughts. My greatest regret. The so. reason, well, first I'll say the reason that the, their collaboration called Get On Your Knees is very awkward for me just because I still see Ariana Grande as like a child just because of how she, she has the body of a child. Right. Even so. though she is 22. <laughs> Right. So to me, because of her style, I just I, I can't even on her, collab- you know, her song with The Weeknd and The Weeknd says something about like getting in between a girl's thighs. It's just it's just not it doesn't sound right on a song with Ariana Grande. So that's the only thing I would say is that song's a little awkward to me, mostly because of Ariana. And like Nikki has sung about this before about oral sex. So it's like she pretty much owns the topic. But then Ariana comes, and it's just very awkward. I like that you're saying she owns the topic. She of does. Sex. I mean, she really, she does. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, Joe. I think Ariana Grande's next album is called Body of a Child. I think that's what. <laughs> I think that's what you're. Uh, oh my god, I should. That'd be goodness amazing. gracious. Uh, no, what I was gonna say, my greatest regret is that. So we had our Women in Music event on um, on Friday, this past Friday, and I was on the red carpet talking to everybody there. I talked to the to Taylor and Haley Williams and Charlie XCX and. Um, I did not talk to Ariana Grande on the red carpet because she was running late, but I absolutely would have asked about Get On Your Knees. That, <laughs> oh my goodness, great. Because that, that song had come out like a day beforehand and I would have been like, so Ariana, Get On Your Knees by with Nikki. How did that, How did, what's going on there? She'd been like, well. Um, yeah, I have not heard this album. I do like that song though. And... Yeah, that's all. That's all I really have to say. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> listen to it. I mean, the thing is, it's just been a crowded week for music. I, I've listened to the Charlie XCX album a, a whole bunch and D'Angelo a whole bunch. It's like, and now that there's apparently a new Migos mixtape about oh, to drop, God, I'm not gonna have time to sleep. 
this it's crazy we were just talking the other week about how like this time of year things slow down and within the last week suddenly like just this explosion of I think incredible the artists new music. Are, are kind of realizing that and i think you're right i think with because the beyonce came out last year i think first or second week in december and people yeah. i think are realizing that like this is a great time to maximize publicity for an album release. Yeah, I mean, and you also have to not care about like lists and all these things, which most right. of these artists, I think, like Nicki Minaj and like and holiday D'Angelo. sales too. Because yeah, that's I part mean, of the reason people don't want to drop an album like mid December is because you know people have their Christmas shopping done, so right. they're not. But then buy it's it just like kids. a Nicki Minaj album with her fan base and the first D'Angelo album in fourteen years. Right. It's kind of like a given that that might be a, a holiday. Somebody on Twitter, and I I totally forget who this was, so I can't credit them, but whoever it was, shout out to you, (laughs) said that Monday was like, um, like listening to the Nicki album on Monday after the D'Angelo album release was like uh, watching fireworks after a comet came overhead <laughs> and i feel like that's like the greatest that metaphor ever that is great great yeah it's like oh yeah these fireworks are nice but did you see that comment <laughs> yeah. that's pretty awesome um all right well let's let's uh move on to the next one so this is one of my picks this is a uh, this is a rock album it's the war on drugs lost in the dream is their new album um I, i'm gonna say this is one of my favorite albums of the year but I, i'm probably gonna i guess on this podcast highlight maybe three or four records I would not say this is like one of my top five albums of the year even, but I wanted to highlight it because I think it's kind of an interesting case. It's it's an interesting case study of where rock is right now for me. Um, the War on Drugs are this Philadelphia indie band who have very, very classic rock leaning. Like you listen to it, you get strong, uh, a strong sense of Dylan in the late 70s and 80s, Tom Petty. Like you could easily listen to it and be like, oh, this is kind of like old fogey music from young people. Um, and listening to past Very albums, true. I've kind of thought that, and I like them a lot, but the, basically like when they're not great, you kind of get this sense of like, why am I listening to this music in 2014? This new album, however, though, well, well new, it came out a few months ago, but this new 2014 album is incredible. Like the songs are immaculately put together. The kind of like meandering jam sessions are lush and gorgeous. This is kind of like the rare... You know, dad rock is this term that everyone, including Billboard, has been throwing around a lot lately. And this kind of does fall into that dad rock category, but it kind of makes you think like, well, maybe there's maybe that's okay. Like just like there's good yacht rock, you know, maybe maybe this is a little square, but it's it's there's still life left in this kind of like classic rock formula. Um, So part of it reminds me, too, of a, a few years ago. Uh, Destroyer did this great album called Kaput that had a kind of a throwback, kind of a lush throwback vibe. And and that was definitely a little more soft rock leaning than this. But parts of this album remind me of that in a very positive way. But what what did you think, Jason? That's an interesting comparison. I didn't I've I haven't heard that anywhere. Kaput. But yeah, it's it it is. You know, I like this album a lot. And it's it's funny because everyone i feel like i feel like there's like a boundary between me liking this album and loving this album because it reminds me so much of like Dylan mm-hmm. and like just the in terms of his vocal delivery and some of the the songwriting and i feel like it's so hard because i'm like this sounds like an awesome Dylan album <laughs> that would be made like if Dylan was out like came out like 10 years ago instead of like 40, 45, 50, I don't even know what year it is. Uh, 50 years, 50 years ago, ago I guess. Yeah. Wow. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's 2014. Seems um, like just the other day. Seems like just album. the other day. <laughs> But if he had just come out now, like I feel like this is the kind of music he would be making, really cool, polished indie rock. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's an album that is so ambitious, and I appreciate that ambition of just these sprawling songs that let their messages breathe. And there there's a conviction there that I admire of, of just them hunkering down on this aesthetic and just grinding it out and just letting these songs, like stretch past the five six minute mark at but but letting them say them what they have to i mean in that sense i kind of group it with the sun kill moon album mm-hmm. uh even though i guess they have beef there's there isn't there like war it's, on drugs sun kill moon beef it's so hard to keep up with indie beef because it's yeah. it's so indie profoundly uninteresting <laughs> yeah it's so it's true no one gets shot yeah it's just a bunch of old white dudes being like ah you stole my old white dude producer, I think. I don't know. Aww. But anyway, um, moving on from that. Yeah, it's it's a it's an album that I don't think it's a groundbreaking album, but no. it's a very enjoyable listen and it definitely gets me stoked for like the war on drugs. Yeah. No, what, you're you're totally right. It's a very everything's very familiar. Like you're not going to put this on and think like this is the future of rock or like they've really reinvented something, but it's just kind of like a beautiful, perfect listen for that sort of negotiation between classic rock and, like, modern, lush indie. Yeah. But but let's listen to one of the songs from it. Um, let's listen to one of the extremely Dylan-ish songs called Eyes to the Wind. I'm a bit run down here at the moment Let me think about it, please. on drugs um next up let us talk about uh jason which which album of yours do you want to talk about next uh let's talk about future so let's do it <laughs> eric and i <laughs> can talk about future so future released an album this year called honest it is a wildly flawed album there are some just not very good songs in this however there are some incredible songs in this and i can't stop playing those songs i feel like this is the year I think maybe out of every album this year, Honest by Future is the one I've listened to the most. Only yeah. because Migos, Migos is mixtape, not like two <laughs> yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be right in that. But <laughs> I've listened to Honest so, so much. And I, 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 Why do you listen to Honest so much, Jason? <laughs> because it's just, it, it, it's, 
it strikes so many chords as as a hip hop album that I appreciate. Like the the first song, it it samples one of my favorite artists, Amadou and Mariam, um, Look Ahead, and then a couple songs later, you have Move That Dope with Pharrell just giving his like classic Pharrell uh, hip hop, and Mike Will made a beat. Uh, Pusha, like, ah, man, Pusha just destroys that song. And, um, yeah, I mean, Honest, the title track is, like, very, like, sensual and heartfelt. And then, like, Covered in Money is, like, this just ridiculous song. It's just it's just an album for so many different moods. And Future is a guy that I never – I never really got into Pluto, his first album, I was just, I always thought that it was like overrated, like it was like 2012 polished T-Pain and I didn't really get it. But now Future with Honest, like I totally understand it. It's very addictive and even though it's not perfect, it's just wildly enjoyable and I love it. So that is my future, my future rant. Um, I will not go on a rant. Uh, <laughs> you pretty much said a lot. But I I think for me the reason I like um honest is the same reason i like Nicki minaj's the pink print and a lot of other albums that came out this year also j cole's is because they just did what they wanted to do on the album like if they wanted to sing and god knows the future cannot sing compared to other singers but he just went ahead and did that and did like an album of love songs which you would not expect from any other rapper and he just went ahead and did that and had like i'm not sure if the miley cyrus song actually ended up on the album but i remember him playing that the video came out you know, and even with like Body Party with Sierra's song, you have that's not on Honest, but just, you know, like a before Honest came out, Body Party came out and he has like ad libs and he's like singing in the background. It's just this was a year that Future kind of did what he wanted as far as music goes. And you just kind of have to respect that because he does it with such confidence. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think Jason kind of took that one. Oh, man. It, it's <laughs> just like it's it's just. You know, you it's I, I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure because I just think there's so much quality in what he does. And <laughs> I just it's just incredible how long you can go talking about certain artists. Anyways, I have to say, yeah, this is an album I did kind of like willfully pass up because I, I guess I've just had mixed feelings towards future and the the whole I won song just. Oh, read yeah. me the wrong way i think and plus the so basically it's it's oh, a fairly misogynistic song about yeah. trophy wives and uh girlfriends and at the same time that it came out they put out a very sm- weird video game computer game where it was yeah. basically just future throwing, and kanye throwing just, chains like throwing trophies oh, yeah. or throwing, throwing chains, chains or trophies yeah. at women on the yeah. beach yeah that kind of like i did like move that dope but so i'm i'm coming at this from uh just, just asking, like Erica, Jason, do I do I need to hear this album? Is is this really yes. gonna? This is gonna open my mind. Absolutely. Well, the the thing is that no, no. I will send you some songs to listen to. You yeah, so to listen, listen to, to some. Songs. Is, there's more. I would okay. say like it's, yeah, there's probably like twelve or thirteen songs on this. Like I should probably know how many songs are on it, but um, I feel like there are three bad songs. But yeah, there's twelve songs. I would say there's. Three out and out bad songs. Oh, I didn't even talk about Ben's friends with Andre. Oh, another great song. Uh, and then, like <laughs> a couple months after Honest Future put out Pussy Overrated with Wiz Khalifa, oh, one of the worst songs of the year. So I'm like, ah, oh, Future. Maybe Future will never put out an amazing album. But like, oh man, he's he's so enjoyable. He's like, yeah, it's just great. 
You talk. <laughs> see, the thing with me though is that you talk about future with as much passion as you talked about D'Angelo, and it just doesn't. It makes no. me feel uncomfortable. It just. I don't know what to believe anymore. No, no. I, there's, they're not even in the same. They're the same category. I mean, I don't know. Um. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I, I, I can't even respond. To that. I think for yeah, for those of us or for those listening who are not in the room, I can say, well, Jason is singing Future's praises. He does have kind of an impish smirk on his face. Yeah, he's dead serious when he's talking about D'Angelo. Like, yeah. he's just stone cold. Like, he means it when he says that that's, that they're like, you know, childlike. Exactly, my, exactly, my childlike wonder. There's not the same childlike wonder with Future. Um, all right, well, let's let's move on to. Another album, uh, I'm going to go to one of mine. So I picked this one because I just think it's like criminally underappreciated. And I know Erica's a fan of it too. It's the My Pay album called Hey Hey. Uh, we focused on one of those songs from the album on this podcast a while ago. But basically it's it's just this weird, great collection of like R&B and funk and indie. There's a girl group cover on it. Um, it's just such a strange, cool album. It's really accessible. I kind of don't know why this... I mean, I was not expecting this to be like a hit album, but I'm surprised it didn't get like more blogosphere love. Like, what do you what do you think about it? Like, why didn't I this make a bigger I, splash? I think the thing is, though, is not even I can remember the follow-up to Don't Wait. Mm. So I'm not sure if she put out a strong follow-up to that song. Right. In order to like then, you know, kind of lead into the album. So, and then I believe she put out an EP of just remixes of Don't Wait. Yes. So it's like, there wasn't ever, I don't think there was as much attention to the actual album. Right. Only to the single, which I, that's, I and love that song. Don't I Wait love is Don't a Wait. really beautiful kind of ballady song. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the track list right now. Like, Things You Know Nothing About is a, has such a good bass line. Like, it's a really cool, funky song with a bunch of different uh, time changes. Like, they should have grabbed another single from this. Yeah. I think they maybe kind of, like, screwed up the release of this somehow. I think also it's, um, I mean, she's not she's not necessarily a new artist. She's put out music before. She's put out a project before a couple years ago. But I think that as far as um, this year, people really considered her a new artist. So I think it wasn't as um, simple for some who considered her this new artist. Like mm-hmm. there's, like you said, there's a lot of funk in there. It's really like indie. Mm-hmm. It's like electro R&B music. So I think that um, if they would have known that she was a little bit more established than what people thought she was, I think they would also pay attention to her a little bit more. But right. they did kind of make her to be this like completely new artist. I mean, she does, she does have a new look. Mm-hmm. But I think people should have given her a little bit more of a background. So then people could kind of follow her through the promo run. Right. Yeah, I think, and now we're mostly talking business, but I do think there is kind of this like image problem with her where they kind of, yeah, rolled her out like, oh, this new like R&B singer when really she's just kind of this like like genre smashing talent. Right. That she really is more of like a songwriter and kind of a maestro than like a singer. Or whatever. What's the yeah. female for maestro? I don't know. But mistress. Me, maestro. Maestro. <laughs> but like her, her music before this album was like this indie neo soul um, music mm-hmm. also. So it was, it's not completely like that either. But I think it would have been great to have that as reference. Totally. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend. Uh, it's spelled M A P E I. My pay, I believe, is the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Album's called Hey Hey. At the very least. Listen to Don't Wait and Things You Know Nothing About. 
Um, and next up, let us talk about a me- an album you have already mentioned, uh, which is another... Wait, this came out last week, the J. Cole album. Yes. Um, 2014 Forest Hills Drive, 2014 not being... Well, it is the year the album came out, but that's his childhood address. Yes. Um, so this is J. Cole's third album. Take it away, Erica. Uh, I don't even want Jason to say anything. Just I I have not heard I have not heard one lick of this album. Why? Because you are a J Cole hater. Yeah, I don't like J Cole, but you know he's a nice guy. He's like the he's, nicest yes, guy. Yes, he's very much a nice guy. Never been a J Cole musical I've, fan. I have to say, and I I can see maybe why. Like he is not. He doesn't really have like a personality. I mean, that's that's a terrible thing to say. He probably does in real life, <laughs> but he doesn't. Like he's not like an in-your-face rapper who has this easily, like, digestible personality. But I think listening to his music, like, is rewarding. Like, I I went into this album kind of being, like, 50-50. I really could have seen this being, like, a total flop or, you know, really interesting. And I would say, overall, I like it a lot. But one thing I can say in his favor is he's doing stuff that most rappers just kind of don't have the balls to. Like, he has a song about losing his virginity. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, think of how many rappers have dozens of songs about how good they are at having sex. Who has one where they like <laughs> talk about the time when they pretended they weren't a virgin? Tell them, Joe. Tell them. And, tell Joe. And uh, <laughs> you know, lied to someone about being a virgin, or you know, about not being a virgin, and then you know, secretly were really nervous inside. Like, I would say, content-wise and substance-wise, like he really touches on a lot of interesting things, like personal, political. Um, you know, the music is like kind of good, like soul funk rap stuff. You know, the last song is like a 15 minute, like shout out to everyone of the business he loves, which is totally (laughs) very actually like Kanye West of him. Very Kanye West. It's a total skipper. But I am, I'd say, I think J. Cole is like in it for the long run. Like he's got, he has things to say and the music is more than decent. So, but why did you pick this? Um, I mean, I, he first of all, I mean, as everyone knows, I'm an emo. So he opens up the album talking about like happiness and self love, and kind of asking himself if he's really happy after all this, after all the fame and like you know the couple albums that he's put out. And like you said, J Cole is like a very chill guy. He's not up in your face. So like this album comes out, and he's just kind of talking, like it's very introspective kind of rap. Like he's pretty much talking to you. In this um on this album and also what i appreciate this album came out of nowhere there was really no promotion um he was out in ferguson out here marching in new york city for eric garner like it was very much he wanted to do what he wanted to do and he also wanted to do what would make him and his family happy and you could hear that all throughout the album and for an artist that is to some barely also new you would expect an artist like this to kind of feel like he still has to prove himself and be all up in your face, which is not what he what he is. And instead, he does the opposite. And last year was kind of like it was full of rappers talking about love and loving women and getting married. And there was, you know, future and everyone. And I think this year, at least the end of the year, it was about self-love with Kendrick and, you know, with. Andre 3000 and a little bit of Indie Angela's album is about self-love and now J. Cole and kind of just finding happiness. So I think that that's clearly a trend that I could appreciate. And I think it also takes, it takes, I feel more guts to talk about self-love than to talk about love of another. So I think that's mm-hmm. also why I appreciated this album. No, I was thinking about too, this is like the polar opposite of kind of the other contender for best rap, best rap album of the year, which is YG's My Crazy Life, which is this album of just incredible production and great songs. 
and then a rapper who kind of has like nothing to say not that like he's not a good rapper but like he, he really doesn't have anything particularly interesting to add to the game I well you know I was talking to Jason about YG and yes. like and I think that all respect to YG but I think this is the album that we needed in absence of Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. you know it was like the west coast somewhat like underdog rapper because YG has also been around for a minute so he finally got the, his shot and he finally put out the album that everyone wanted him to put out but I think that it was also taken um, with such pride because Kendrick Lamar was absent this year as far as album goes and he kind of took that spot so it was very mm-hmm. great timing as far as YG's My Crazy Life also um, but yeah I mean just threw that in there for no well, reason there you go all right, well, let's, let's listen to one of the J. Cole tracks. Let's listen to Wet Dream. It wasn't nothing like that first time. She was in my math class. Long hair, brown skin with the fat ass. Sat beside me, used to laugh, had mad jokes. The teacher always got mad, so we passed notes. It started off so innocent. She had a vibe in it, started digging it. Uh, I was a young and straight crushing, trying to play this cool. But then we couldn't wait to get to school. All right, that was J. Cole. Um... Before we leave, I, I know Jason just wanted to say how much he loves Tovlo and Charlie XCX. Yeah. We are not going to have time to delve into those. We got to go. But we, we know, all have to run. Love Tovlo's album. Love the Charlie XCX album. Love the Betty Who album. A lot of good uh, female pop they albums really were. this year. And uh, what else do I have to say? Um, I think that's it, man. I mean, what a fun year on the Must Hear Music podcast. Is this the it's last been- one of the year? We are going to do a holiday-themed oh one, which unfortunately heavens. Erica won't be able to attend because she is oh. ducking out this week. But oh, we'll, we'll have someone know. fill in for her. But no, this has been fantastic, you guys. This has been so much fun, and thanks for sharing your year-end picks. Yeah. Can't wait to uh, tackle that, that dull month of January where we can try to find <laughs> We're going to talk so much Fifth Harmony, man. <laughs> oh, my God. no idea. Only Fifth Harmony. Let's do it. All right. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you have any year-end picks, tweet them at us, and have a great week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.